difference. So thank you for that. Hey, cool thing real quick about last week. And we talked about give us this day our fresh bread. So this is kind of three things in one. This is a request slash announcement slash testimony slash cool story. That's more than three things, isn't it? Um, I hope you weren't counting. But so give us this day our fresh bread we talked about. And we're looking for somebody, Nikki, who often brings our baked goods on Sunday mornings. Nikki is kind of transitioning out of that. She's not able to do that on a consistent basis anymore. So if there's anybody that really has the ministry of baking goodies and sharing them with church family, and you're interested in being a part of that, please let me know. But Nikki wasn't here this Sunday, and Larry just so happened to have sensed from our Father in heaven that today would be a good day to bring donuts. So Nikki didn't happen to be here, Larry didn't know it, and Larry brought us our fresh bread this morning. Isn't that awesome? So it's cool how God kind of takes care of us in the huge, really important ways, and the sugary ways, and all the ways. Um, does anybody have, did anybody get some fresh bread this week, based on what we talked about last week? Did anybody have kind of an experience where God gave you something you needed in the moment, that you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm really glad I got it. You don't necessarily need to tell us what happened, but did anybody have one of those experiences this week? Some people are nodding their heads. Some people are looking away from me like, Chris, you're going to make me tell what happened. No, I'm not. Um, Brenda, you did? Did you guys hear that? An encounter being filled up with the Spirit when she left here, and she wants to live in that space all the time. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, oh, by way of announcement real quick. So, yeah, if you're interested in, in contributing your baked good gifting to us um, on any frequency, please let me know. So, what's that hand for? I see that hand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs>
we're going to talk about forgiveness. We're moving into that line of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's not up there yet. I'm going to try to take control here. Mike L. See what happens. Let's see what happens when I do that. Okay. Alright. Let me gather my thoughts. Oh, one more super important announcement though. There are still a few spots left on April 8th and 9th for our time with Jeff Pratt, our contemplative retreat, which is essentially a fancy way of saying time to come and somebody have somebody facilitate space in our lives for us to come and hear from God and let the love of God penetrate our hearts and lives in a more in a deeper way. That's what it's about. And so if you want to be a part of that on the evening, Friday, April 8th, and then most of the day Saturday, the 9th, there's still a couple spaces, so please let me know. All right? Okay. Let's pray. Father, thanks that your heart is for us, that you are with us, that you notice, that you care, that you show up, and that you are more excited that we're here than we're excited that we're here. Would you give us this day our fresh bread, a fresh encounter with you. And thank you that all last Sunday I didn't cough once during the entire message. I don't know how you did that, but we'd love to see you do that again. Amen. I really appreciate this community. I hope you all know that. I really love that this, I get to call this a job because I really do love interacting with all of you and the fact we get to do this. Um, but I'm not going to get all sentimental and emotional right now. We're going to jump into the Lord's Prayer. Have you ever noticed when people pray, like when you, a group prays the Lord's Prayer together, everything is pretty smooth. Everybody's on the same page until you get to this part. You notice that? It's like, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our... And you hear, yeah, kind of every, you hear some like, you're like, was that Hebrew? <laughs> what language was, was that in there? Because there's a lot of different versions of how this is conveyed. And so I wanted to talk about these lines for a few minutes. Forgive us as we have forgiven. I'm nervous about this. Can I just be honest with you? <laughs> I'm nervous about this because who am I to stand up here and even start talking about how you need to forgive somebody for that horrible thing that somebody did to you because I don't know what they did. I don't know how heavy it was and I don't know. Forgiveness is not some lighthearted, easy, fun topic. It's a painful, painful topic. And so I've been kind of bouncing around internally over the last week between my head and my heart. My head's like, well, just talk about forgiveness. It's simple. And my heart's just like, no, of course it's not that simple. It's heavy. It gets ugly. It's painful. There's emotions. There's, there's these raw things that come up. And I don't know which one is going to win this morning. <laughs> it kind of depends on where we all need to go. And I'm just praying for discernment and for God's heart to come through because this is what I've learned about forgiveness over the years is that 
Forgiveness really is the way to freedom. But it is such a painful path. Forgiveness really is the way to freedom, and it's such a painful path. And I, for me personally, I'm just going to start off with this real quick. Um, for me personally, over the last week, I've been thinking a lot, you know, is there somebody that I need to forgive? Is there something that I need to work through as I'm about to talk to the Coastlands family about this? And the answer, actually, is on one hand kind of embarrassing, but I also think that there will be quite a bit of resonance. Um, this is what I realized. I realized that in, in a very grateful way, in a positive way, there's nobody right now that I feel like I'm harboring any ill will towards. That was a really powerful realization. I feel like I could honestly say that, at least in this moment, except except I realized I still have some work to do with forgiving myself. And I'm realizing that that is often the hardest one of all, interestingly enough. Can any of you relate to that? I've been learning this, this new thing. Um, I'll just tell you a couple of quick experiences. Um, actually, let me see if the person's here. Okay, they're not. And when you're not here, I don't do this to you, okay? <laughs> oh great, where is this going to go? That prayer for wisdom, Chris? God's not listening so far, no. Um, so there was a couple visiting last Sunday. And what happened was somebody, part of this couple, they came to me and they wanted to pray for me. They were kind of a little bit more from a kind of a charismatic background, you could tell. And, and I've been there and I've come away, if that makes sense, from certain expressions, without saying too much. But this person came up to me, I, I could tell that they were very agitated. There was a lot of emotion going on. Have you had that happen where somebody's just like, I feel like I need to pray for you, and you're like, whoa, okay, you're feeling this a lot more strongly than I am right now. Um, but what happened was, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but essentially they started, they asked if they could pray for me, but they wanted to do it in a way that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with. But I didn't even have time to process through that, why that was and what to really do about that. And so I found myself sitting back there in that seat that Mike's in with somebody praying for me in a way that I was, did anybody see that? It was weird, wasn't it? I was kind of trying to hide. And I am going somewhere with this. But so it was just this weird experience of somebody with great intentions that came and they, and. And so the lady has like her hand on my throat for a second, and I'm like, is this okay? Like, this could turn at any moment. <laughs> and like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to demean her intentions in any way, her heart, but, it was, but this was the thing I realized. I felt very uncomfortable, and I felt like I had let somebody trespass my boundaries, and I needed to process that, and I needed to start by forgiving myself for letting that happen. That was the thing I realized. I left feeling really unsettled by that encounter, and I didn't know why it was, and I realized it started with me that I did not operate out of a place of self-love to say, you know what, I would love to have you pray for me, but I, don't, I would rather you don't put your hand on my throat. <laughs> I would rather, I'd love for you to put your hand on my shoulder, and let's invite a couple other people into this as well. I didn't really have the time or space to go there because there was so much emotional going on 
that I let myself get hijacked by that. And I needed to say, Chris, I forgive you for letting that person violate your boundaries. Isn't that an interesting concept? But our therapist in the room is like, yes, thank you. It's good. <laughs> but you guys, this is such important stuff because I've been thinking a lot about this whole idea. Debts and trespasses, we're going to go into the, the language behind this. I guess we'll just do this now. But So in the Greek, the word for debt is this word ophilema, okay? And it really means debt. It means something that cannot be, it's, it's something that needs to be repaid, something that should be given, something that's owed. Most of the English translations of debts, or of this word, I guess, is debts in our current Bible translations. But there are a few translations that translate it trespasses. And here's the tricky thing. This Aramaic word, koba, can actually mean both. Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic. It was translated into Greek. Jesus spoke Aramaic. And so this word that Jesus was pulling from, koba, can actually mean debts, something that's owed, but it can also mean trespasses, something that never should have been taken. And so what I wanted to talk about at the beginning here for the first few minutes is that debts and trespasses are the flip sides of the same coin. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to get at here. If you think about for a minute, there's this beautiful thing that God has given you. The most important thing that God has given you is your personal identity, your spirit, your body, your being, your very essence. God has given you this personhood that is the most amazing gift, not only to you, but to the world. And God has invited you and called you to steward that. And when we're talking about trespasses and debts, what we're really talking about are the ways in which a trespass is a way in which somebody violates that boundary of your being. When they encroach upon your personhood and move into space that they should not be moving into. Has anybody had that happen to you? Whether it's a word that you feel really disempowered by, somebody says something to you, and the next thing you know, you're like, wow, that totally just took the life out of me. That felt like a, an assault. It was. That felt like a violation. Yes, it most likely was. You know that the word violence and violation come from the same root? Violence and violate come from the same root word. And so when people trespass us, when they encroach our boundaries, our being, our personhood, something is taken from. There's something that needs to be forgiven there. There's something, it's almost like, I'll use my car as an example. Um, I came out of one of Zach's soccer games uh, last season. We had the soccer game. We were parked over at, um, what's it called, Lila Kaiser. I came out to find this huge dent on the back, like the, I guess it would be the tailgate, the back of our van. And, of course, there's no note, and I didn't see who did it, so, of course, it's just still there. But that's, in a, that's kind of like a really bad example, to be honest, but that's kind of like what a trespass does. Is a trespass almost like makes a dent in our being. It pushes in to our being and takes something away from us. And I think forgiveness is like one of those little dent pullers, those little suction cup things, you know, you stick on there. Because a trespass gets us bent out of shape. It moves us out of shape and it encroaches upon something God's given. A debt, on the other hand, 
A debt is when there's actually something that someone should have given us. Let's here. I have a couple of scriptures about this in a minute. But. So a trespass is when somebody encroaches, trespasses upon our boundaries. A debt is when somebody doesn't come far enough, and they actually owe us something. They have something to give us, and they withhold that from us. Now here's an example: somebody's emotional presence or engagement. Physical provision, financial provision, an encouraging word. There are different ways we have been given these things to give to one another. And Jesus is saying, well, actually, James says it here. James 4.17. Anyone then who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, James says that to them is sin. In other words, if you are able to meet this person with this thing and offer that thing, contribute this thing to them, and you withhold that, that's a violation of it. That's sin. Does that make any sense? That makes so much sense in my head. But I don't have the like, diagrams. And I wish we had a big old whiteboard up here. We just started like, drawing like, little people and bubbles and spaces. But you guys know what I'm talking about? So, so Jesus is wanting to, us to deal with both sides of that coin. He's saying there are ways in which people have encroached our boundaries, that people have violated us, whether it's their words, their actions. It's not always physical. Rarely it's physical. Most often it's with a word, with a glance, with some little comment that somebody makes and you're like, oh, that just like... You know those people that are really good at saying something that seems nice on one level and then you have to you think about it 10 seconds longer and you realize, oh, why, why is there a knife in me? You know anybody like that? That's a trespass. And Jesus is saying we need to be aware of those dynamics and forgiveness is kind of process of taking that knife out but the debt as well is when somebody you need something from someone and you need to meet the, you need them to meet you here and they come here it's abandonment it's neglect it's not showing up and giving who they are Jesus says both of those need to be dealt with is this making any sense maybe a little too much I hope not too much Proverbs says the same thing I wanted to Proverbs 3.27, don't withhold good from someone who deserves it when it's in your power to do so. I love that. That's super challenging, though. I kind of wish that that wasn't in there. But don't withhold good from someone when it's within your power to do so. So the Lord's Prayer addresses both of those, trespasses and debts, violations and neglects. Is there anybody that had a fresh, unfortunate experience with either of those this week? Not that you have to share us, but is anybody kind of coming out of this week like, ooh, yeah, that was a violating thing. I'm sorry, first of all. <laughs> you two with each other? Oh, okay. <laughs> Do we need to have a little family chat? So, I wanted to say a few things about that. I wish I could say more about that. And we'll, we need to do sometime like a six-month series on forgiveness and, and restoration and wholeness. This is not the time. But um, I'm sure you all have examples in your mind of ways, and I'm really sorry if you do, but ways that a recent trespass or a recent debt, something that was owed to you and wasn't given, and you were, you missed out because of that. Um, Okay. I have a problem. Because as we move forward in this, as we talk about what to do with some of this, 
um, there's this verse that threw a huge wrench in the gears for me, and I really don't know what to do with it. And so, you know that phrase, misery loves company? Well, you're welcome for this. As I was looking at the Lord's Prayer and looking at forgiveness, and there's a lot that's said in Scripture about forgiveness, but as I was looking at this, I found it really frustrating that Jesus says this right after the Lord's Prayer. And so with the, within the frame of trespasses and debts and moving towards talking about what forgiveness is, I thought, well, why don't we just throw this paradox in our face? Jesus says, if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your sins. Raise your hand if you have a problem with that. Raise your hand if you would if it wasn't Jesus that said it. <laughs> Before we open up real quick, I wanted to... So I... I didn't know what to do with this because obviously when you look at Scripture, it doesn't hurt to kind of say, well, are there other Scriptures that talk about this? And fortunately, there are. So we have verses in places like Ephesians 1, in Him, Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness, past tense, of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Okay, so do we have forgiveness or do we not have forgiveness? Colossians 1. It says, He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Past tense, present tense, done tense. Do you see the paradox there? Anybody else feel stuck when you think about that? And so I think for me, if I could just take a couple minutes and say a few things about Jesus' statement back there in Matthew 6, and then I want to talk about what forgiveness isn't and what forgiveness is, and then see what the Holy Spirit wants to do with it. I think for me, I used to see this whole statement, so let's go back to it actually, I don't know how to go back, so Mike, I might need your help because I know how to go forward in my I'm sure there's some analogy about forgiveness there, not being able to go back into the past. Um, let's go back to Matthew 6. So I used to view this as transactional. Anybody else? It's kind of like, well, if I want God to release forgiveness to me, then I need to release forgiveness to others. It's kind of like, saw this as a conditional statement where it's saying, all right, I forgive them, and all of a sudden God is able and willing to now forgive me. But then I had another analogy come to my mind, and... And it comes from a place that all of you would guess from a first grade science fair. Has anybody heard of what's called an energy stick? You remember Miles' project? So Janie was there, Gase goes there, Sarah was there. So there were some amazing projects at, at Zach and, and Dom and uh, Trevor's science fair. And uh, Dom's was really cool, I remember too. But so this kid, Miles, had this thing, his project was called What Conducts Electricity? I wish Brandon was here because then he could talk to us about how, and I guess we could ask Phil and Alan and other people as well, but so this kid Miles had this little stick and it was about this little tube. It was like six inches long and it was 
clear and it had these plastic ends on it and it had some stuff going through it and it was called an energy stick and basically you could when you would touch it to somebody nothing would happen until you closed the circuit like you held a spoon or a paperclip or some different thing that conducted electricity and all of a sudden this thing it would light up right is that what it did it would light up and then it would shock you a little bit and so Miles, on his science experiment, he had all these different things. This conducts electricity, and this, and this, and this. And he says, this doesn't, and this doesn't, and this doesn't. And so we would test it by holding the energy stick. And then the other person would take the other object, and you'd hold like a spoon there or something, and you would see what happens. Where am I going with this? I just forgot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going somewhere with it. I think that that energy stick is a picture of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, when you forgive others, you complete the circle of the flow of grace and abundance and goodness and mercy that God wants to unleash on the world. And as soon as you refuse to forgive, you stop that flow from going into the world. You are either a conductor of forgiveness and God's grace and compassion, or it stops and gets bogged up in you because you don't let it out to others. Now, does that work theologically? I don't know. It just came to me this morning. But I thought, maybe there's something to do with that. Because this is what I've been learning about the healing process and the way that people become whole. Do you know the thing that opens the door into people's wholeness? is forgiveness. It's as if there's this force, this goodness of life and healing and health and well-being that God wants to release into our lives. And the thing that keeps it at bay the thing that blocks it out of our lives is unforgiveness. So imagine, and it would be fun if we had more time to have a bunch of people come up and do this, you know, and I wish I would have had one of those energy sticks at home. But So imagine if there's like seven or eight of us and we're all kind of like joining hands and everybody, another person comes in and the energy stick lights up because we did this, right? And so we'd have all these people sitting there holding hands and like, oh, cool, cool. And so it's all lighting up. And then Imagine that somebody with a really grumpy kind of, you know those, can you, you could tell on the face of somebody that hasn't really forgiven people in a while, right? It kind of like etches that bitterness onto their face. But imagine that the next thing you know, you have the circle of eight people and somebody steps into the circle and they grab hands and then the light goes out on the energy stick. Sometimes we are that person. When we can't find the grace or the power, or whatever resource we need from the Spirit to forgive, I think Jesus is saying, look it, close the loop of the forgiving flow that God wants to release in the world. Don't let it get bottled up in you. Now you can think about that, and I might realize I'm wrong tomorrow, I don't know, but it was just, I thought it was a helpful analogy. So let's talk for a couple minutes about what forgiveness isn't, because I feel like forgiveness is insanely misunderstood. This is probably very elementary for all of you. If I'm saying things you already know, then great. It means you're already ahead of me. Um, but I think we have these issues with forgiveness often because it's a very misunderstood thing. And one of the things that forgiveness is not, can any of you relate to this? Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. Have you ever heard anybody do that? When somebody comes and apologizes, you ever overheard this conversation? Somebody comes and apologizes and they say, oh, it's okay. Please don't say that. Because it's not okay. 
If it was okay, there would be no need to ask forgiveness. You know that forgiveness and judgment are inseparable concepts? Forgiveness and judgment are inseparable. Why? Because as soon as you forgive somebody, you have pronounced judgment that their action was not okay. Forgiveness and judgment aren't separate things. They're inseparable. Forgiveness says that was not okay by definition. Because isn't that a hang-up often? Have you, how many of you have ever found yourself in that situation where you're like, I know I need to forgive this person, but I don't want it to come across like I'm condoning what they did. Guess what? You're not. You're actually saying that was a horrible thing to have done. Another thing forgiveness is not, I'm going to go through these kind of fast and we'll maybe take some other time to unpack them later. Forgiveness is not immediately trusting again. How many of you are afraid to forgive or have been afraid to forgive because you feel like it means that you need to immediately reconcile and let that person back into your life? Guess what? Sometimes forgiveness means not letting them back into your life. Actually, what we're going to find out a little bit later in this message is sometimes forgiveness is pushing people further out of your life if they are toxic to you and that that can be the most loving thing. Chris, don't be so intense on us this morning. Calm down. This is important stuff, isn't it? Forgiveness is not a feeling. How many of you felt like you've waited to feel like forgiving somebody? Yeah, when did that come? How did that work for you? Forgiveness is not a feeling, and if you wait for that feeling, Here's another thing forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not removing consequences. Sometimes things people need the most are to feel the consequences of their actions. And forgiveness does not mean blocking them, absolving them, removing them from those consequences. Sometimes forgiveness means stepping out of the way and letting them feel the full force of those consequences. Here's another thing that Forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not necessarily forgetting. We say that often, don't we? Well, just forgive and forget. Sure. In an ideal world. In the top notch, the highest quality relationship, sometimes you can do that, right? Some of you have relationships like that where you can, hey, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. We're, we're past it. Don't bring it up again. But there are some relationships where forgiveness needs to be remembering. The difference on one side of forgiveness and the other is that when you remember before forgiveness, there's pain. But when you remember on the other side of forgiveness, it doesn't carry that angst and weight and burden that came with it. Forgiveness isn't necessarily forgiving. Is any of this helpful? Is this all things that you already, you guys are like, yeah, I've already processed this through a lot. I just need to actually make the choice to forgive. Okay, great. <laughs> I can't help you with that. Here's one other thing that forgiveness is not. Waiting for an apology. How many of you would be waiting a long time <laughs> if you waited for that apology? Now here's a fun little side note, little theological side note when it comes to Christianity. What comes first when it comes to Jesus? I'm sorry or you're forgiven? 
think about that for the next 10 years. And as you think about that, we'll start to delve the depths of the meaning of grace. What comes first? I'm sorry or you're forgiven? And I believe in the Jesus economy, what comes first is you're forgiven. So let's talk for three minutes about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not a feeling as much as a choice and a process. How many of you know that forgiveness is not a one-time thing? Anybody still working through layers of forgiving somebody? Forgiveness is a choice and a process. Forgiveness is a step towards healing. It's a step towards healing. Mm, This is huge. Forgiveness is a doorway that brings you back into the present. What do I mean by that? How many of you, the moment that you think about that person that you need to forgive, the moment you think about that, you immediately get taken back in your mind, heart, spirit, everything but your body, to that moment in the past where they did that thing to you. Anybody going there right now? Sorry. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trigger happy. I'm not trying to. But you feel what I mean, don't you? When there's unforgiveness, that unforgiveness towards that person, it takes you back to that moment or that series of events where that thing happened. And what does it do? It immediately just, just sucks you right out of the present, right out of this moment, so that you have nothing to give to this moment. At very best, you're split between then and now. Forgiveness brings us back into the present. It helps us to let go of that thing back there. And forgiveness in a profound way is loving yourself in accordance to with... I keep having these coughs come on and I'm not going to do it. I'll let them out later. Forgiveness is loving yourself and setting yourself free. As one person said... Forgiveness is the process of setting someone free and finding out that person was you. Forgiveness is setting someone free and finding out that person was you. I think that's why we don't have time to go into detail with this, but in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells this really weird story of the servant that he's just forgiven by his master this huge debt. And then he goes to one of his colleagues, or a fellow servant, I think, and demands from him this tiny little, basically, you know, like a couple pennies, some peanuts. And the master hears about it, and the master throws him in jail. And we're like, is that what Jesus is saying? That God's going to throw us in jail if we go back to collect our $5 that person borrowed from us? Somebody borrowed $20 from me a couple weekends ago, and I'm like, well, Jesus, can I go ask for that back? Like, but you've forgiven me of all these things? That's not the point, but... I don't think that Jesus is saying the Father is going to throw you in jail if you go ask for that back. He's saying by its very nature you have chosen to put yourself back in jail by refusing to forgive. You've chosen to live your life not in freedom because you are bound up by that person and that thing they did to you. 
This is fun to talk about. Palm Sunday. Because when you think about the, the relational equations of forgiveness, I'm not going to ask you to, but you probably already are, but if you were to think about that person, you know that person that when their name comes up, everybody kind of looks at you to like see what, they're, what you're going to say, right? That person that people, or that person that you can't say their name, that person you refer to as my blank, my ex-boss, my ex-this, my whatever that, the person that, whose name just can't come off of your, your lips. Um, let me ask you that. Who is the one losing all the energy in that relationship in a negative way? Does that make sense? Who is the one that's walking around carrying this big heavy thing? Is it that person? Or is it you every time you think about them? Let me show you this quote and then I want to tell you what that Greek word real quick for forgiveness means. Forgiveness is an essential spiritual act that must occur in order to open one fully to the healing power of love. Self-love, which Jesus commands us, means caring for ourselves enough to forgive people in our past so that the wounds can no longer damage us. For our wounds do not hurt the people who hurt us. They only hurt us. Now you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I'm not telling you anything new about forgiveness. Doesn't it suck that it is so hard? Isn't it so frustrating that it is so hard? So imagine for a minute if we could take that wound, that thing, that word that was said, or that thing that wasn't done or was done. If you could take that thing and picture it having some physical presence, it's heavy, isn't it? How many of you feel right now like you're carrying something that you wish you didn't have to carry in the form of a wound, a weight, a burden, a, an offense? That you're like, if I could just let go of this, I would feel so much lighter but it seems to be chained to me. The Greek word that's used in the Lord's Prayer for forgive is this word aphemi. And this is what it means. It means to send away and to let go. Isn't that interesting? Jesus says, pray this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our fresh bread. Send away the ways that we have wronged you, just as we have sent away and let go of the people and the ways that they have wronged us. The kids are not having any fun right now. <laughs> They're not talking about forgiveness. They've come up for air. Aha! I remember what I was going to say.
Let me try to say this in summary, and then I want to open it up for a minute to hear what, what things are stirring in you all. Um, at least I think I want to hear. Jesus tells us to pray that. Father, forgive us our trespasses, our debts, just as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us, those who are indebted to us. Jesus says those are inextricably linked concepts, that those pieces of forgiveness go hand in hand. If one of the definitions of sin is withholding the good that we are able to do for someone, yet we don't do it, then isn't it true that the more we forgive others, the less we do that to God? Can I say that another way? I hope so. The more we, if the definition, Jesus' definition of sin here, is to withhold some good from somebody, some good that we have the power to give and we withhold it, then Jesus says, when you forgive others, you are bringing yourself more into a place where that good that God wants to release through your life is able to come out and find expression because you are no longer trapped, contaminated, burdened, weighed down by all those things that chain you to the past. So as you forgive others, you are able to give more life, love, presence, affection, goodness, encouragement, harmony, peace, mercy, compassion. The more you forgive, the more you are able to give that away. You know exactly what I mean. Because you don't know how to hold grudges. And trust me, buddy, grudges are heavy. You don't want to learn. <laughs> Did that last part make any sense outside of my head? Because I really feel like those things are interlinked. That reality that when we refuse or are unable or are unwilling or incapable of forgiving, it takes away from our capacity to be who we are in the world as we are invited to be. And Jesus says, I want you to experience freedom so that everybody in your world can experience all that you have to give. And by the way, you owe it to yourself as well to live out of that freedom. You don't need to carry that thing. So will you let it go? Before we... Well, there's, there's a lot of layers to what you said there. Um, there's an appropriate place for anger in the forgiving process. Because we have this tendency, especially as Americans, to just be really polite. It's kind of like the it's okay thing, right? But part of that thing of just like not having to say it's okay is saying this actually really insanely frustrated me. But I'll, and the thing about anger is anger is seductive, isn't it? The more you kind of give in to anger, it energizes, doesn't it? Anger is energizing. Here's the question though, what color and quality is that energy. If you could picture almost, if we could take 
the energy behind anger and give it a color, a picture, what would it look like? How many picture like black or dark gray or some of us picture red or brown, but it's, so it's energy, but what kind of energy is it? And is that what we want to be coming out of our lives? And so being aware of that dynamic, um, I was going to say something like that. But I believe that anger is part of that process of moving through so that you can truly, really forgive. And there's this, this weird thing, I think sometimes with forgiveness, we don't want to really go into all that happened because we don't want to rehash it. But I think part of really being able to truly forgive all of it is that process of actually going back to the roots and all the little pieces of it so that you can get it all out. Because otherwise, what you're sending away isn't really the thing. It's just the packaging of the thing, or it's just one layer of the thing. But there is a part in which it's healthy and necessary to go down into some of those layers, those gross layers, so that they can all be rooted.